control, Houston. Uh, two minutes, 50 seconds away from time of LOS now. Our distance away from the moon, uh, 460 nautical miles. Velocity, 74, 17 uh, feet per second. Here in mission control, uh, we're standing by. There's a, certainly a great deal of anxiety at this moment. We acquire at uh, 36 minutes. Uh, so at uh, 68 hours, uh, 55 minutes, continuing to monitor. This is Apollo Control. Hey, this is Business Cat. Welcome to Rock Paper Bitcoin. Thanks for listening. Today we uh, we had a fun conversation. This was recorded on April 29th. We uh, we talked about proof of work things. We talked about direction of retirement systems. I think uh, we had some interesting conversations about attack vectors that Bitcoiners can have in their lives and. Uh, Look, how, to, how to live a properly Bitcoin-inspired life. If you enjoy our content, you can stream us sats using Fountain FM or any other podcasting 2.0 app. Thank you for listening once again, and let's get into it. like sort of like intending to do something at a certain time and then you start it mm. and you look at the clock and it's exactly the time you said and there's something like enormously satisfying about that before i had kids my wife and i we prided ourselves on not only were we on time we were usually like five minutes early we were, we were those people yeah and i'm that guy i'm the early guy and i've like wasted a lot of my life well, i don't know if it's wasted but i mean people would view it that way like i've wasted I've had to kill a lot of time being early because I like to err on that side, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's stuff to do always. It's like sitting around is is not necessarily wasted time. So you were saying you guys before you had kids were early t- early types. We're still pretty good to be on time. I mean, there's like like we have family friends that we we joke about like, oh yeah, okay, well they say they'll be here at X time. Okay, well plus thirty minutes, then that's the time we expect them. It's like we have taken steps to not be that couple in our life. And we've done pretty well, you. but yeah, having a so, child now has, has changed our get ready schedule. So it, yeah, it's, we are now not exactly on time as much as we'd like to be. So yeah, can I, I'm going to tie this into Bitcoin. Let's do okay. it. Um, I've lived, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you. I've lived a little longer. Um, you have orbited the sun 10 times more than me on average. Correct. So there's this thing about, there's a thing about being on time, right? that so i don't think it's an accident a that it's so fucking satisfying to look at the clock and just see that you have achieved exactly like precisely what you said you would do okay and these things i believe i mean it's not just i believe i mean i think there's actually demonstrated evidence of this in the world but i'll just say i believe these things they build conviction in yourself it's, it's a time. very small form of proof of work. It's like, I said I would it, be here on time, is. and I am. Well, I, so you giving your word in any way, shape, or form is like a hash. Okay. And you either... <laughs> so every time you find that hash, every time you keep your word, right? You, I think you write a block to yourself, and you say, you are who you say you are. What you say 
actually matters in the world. What you say, right, the things, the abstract shit that comes out of your mouth or even from your brain to your soul or wherever wherever your word is actually living, right, mm-hmm. is actually being realized in the world. And it's just sometimes something as stupid as looking at a clock and seeing the time validates the fact that your word matters, right? You could rely on yourself and people can rely on you and you live in a world that doesn't accept Bitcoin. It doesn't accept any of the principles of Bitcoin, but yet you are such a renegade and say, no, I am a Bitcoiner, right? You need to have conviction in yourself in order to make that actually a reality and to not give up, right? And to not let the world suck you down, right? And so I say as a human being, they're little... You give your word multiple times a day, maybe hundreds of times a day, you don't even realize it, right? And every one of those is a hash, right? It's a guess as to whether or not you'll keep it. And then when you keep your word, you become a more powerful person. You're I, love, I love the way of looking at the world through this lens. That's great. Yeah, yeah. You, you want your hashes to not be corrupted. You, you want to stand behind. I mean, the story you tell yourself of who you are is like the, fir- is the basis of each of our foundations in the world. And if you're lying to yourself, like you can't lie to yourself and not know it. You know when you're lying to yourself, whether, whether, whether you acknowledge the lie or not. I mean, we know when we're lying to ourselves. Like, oh yeah, just, just five more minutes in bed. It's like, uh-huh. It's like so the, world, that the world will tell you, the world will tell you by the, whether or not your life works. Um, if your life doesn't work, right, then you lack the foundational integrity not morality, but integrity as like a structure to fulfill your word, fulfill on your word, right? If you lack that structure, right, the world tells you, like, yeah, you're fa- the, you the world's gonna give you feedback. It's like you can you can lie to yourself and be like, oh well, my boss is an asshole. I, I walked into the meeting like five minutes late. Oh, that's just my boss is an asshole. Like that's lying to yourself. And acknowledging right. that, oh, my, the things I say and the things I do have consequences on those around me, that, that's the first step to proof of work. And when your boss says, you know what, I, I, I don't trust you. Like, there's something about you that I don't trust. Mm. Like, I love you. You're great and everything. But there's just something about you that I can't, like, put my, like, I can't put my life savings and my future earning potential in behind, right? And... You know, you may not connect it to the little th- the few times you break your word to your, you know, to your boss. So if you don't like, I like I love the being on time thing because it's so innocent, and most people will never connect it to like, you know, who they are as a person or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But it's like one of the few examples of like the many times a day you do make a promise to somebody and yourself and. It's just like that's the most innocent side of the spectrum, and the most deep and important side of the spectrum is like you want to, you want to be able to tell yourself who you are and have confidence in that. That isn't you want conviction there, right? One of and the revelations I had as I got older was realizing that I could change the narrative about myself. Like, who am I? Oh, I thought it. Well, like, well, this is who I am, and I mean, I'm just along for the ride. But at some point, I had the realization, like, oh no, the, the my intention matters. The story I tell myself, Matt, like matters in the world like the quality of your thoughts becomes the quality of your speech and the quality of your speech becomes the quality of your actions and if you are living a uh, 
less than honorable life mentally, that, that's going to have a translation out into the world. And yeah, your boss may, it may not be something as extreme as your boss, like, well, I can't, I can't invest any money in you because I don't trust you. It's going to be something simpler than that. Okay, you've told your team leader that you will be on time consistently and you're not. I mean, they're going to they're gonna take that into consideration when they're handing out work assignments. So like, oh, well, this person is un unreliable, so I'm going to give them the less important things to get done. And like long term, that's going to have an impact on your career. Yeah, and the thing you just said, I love this conversation, by the way. I, I, I would be thrilled to do this for an hour, and maybe we will. But uh, what you say to yourself, right? It's like that's the – what you say to yourself is either a solemn, sacred oath, right? Or it's meaningless. But, the, but either way, it's made up. Yeah, like, like are you lying to yourself? But there's are you saying – well, there's no truth in anyone's identity. Okay, so that's like the first thing. People get very caught up and in like I am something. They're staring like, at the shadows of themselves and thinking that, oh, my yes. shadow is myself. But the truth is you actually do get to make up your who you say you are. Yeah. Now Might as well I make could, it a good story. Now, I could make up, I could say I am an NBA player. <laughs> and... Then I would look, you know, if I really am deeply committed to that, by the way, I'm 48 years old. I will mention again how old I am. <laughs> like, I could look out in the world and, I mean, it probably would take a split second to realize that the evidence in the world is going to disintegrate that commitment that I just made, right? And so I could still say it, right? But I'm going, my life is not going to work if I pursue that. <laughs> It's yeah. not going to work at all. And at some point, I pro, you know, if I, you know, uh, maybe there's some benefit. Maybe I actually do live a better life under that, we'll call it a fantasy, right? But, um, like, because, you know, one man's fantasy is just another person's sort of unreasonable commitment that will, like, be outstanding. And so you want to live a life where you are probably giving your word in excess of your, cap of your ability, right? Yes, absolutely. Over but, prom or uh, over what under under promise and over deliver. Well, no. So that's like what the, that's what the common man does, right? And I, and I don't think that's how like so. And I would say under promising and over delivering is not how Bitcoin is achieving a network effect, right? It's over promising and over even over delivering, right? So over promising. I mean, it's, it's meeting your promise. It's meeting your word. Yeah, because the promise actually exceeds our ability currently so like you make a promise that exceeds your actual ability to keep your word because you don't mm -hmm. even know you're like you have no idea like so people get into bitcoin right they don't even know how secure it really is they don't know how thoughtful it really is they don't know they don't know that they have they don't know that it has the ability to deliver on this word right they don't know that it's 787,480 consecutive roughly 10 minute periods it has kept its word Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. It is exactly kept its word. It's never broken its word in all of those. Right. In, in 13 years. Right. It gives its word every it gives its word like every 10 minutes and keeps it. Yep. Right. How cool is this? People do have no idea when they they put a substantial amount of their net worth in a Bitcoin. They have they don't even know. Right. They just kind of like they have they, they have pretty high conviction that the current system is fucked. Right. Mm hmm. And they have, 
like there's a couple of heuristics about Bitcoin, like it scares, like you know that it contrasts enough with the current system that they have enough conviction to at least put their toe in. But you know that's what the old trope, right? That the more you learn about Bitcoin, the more convinced you become about it. It's because like it's just people kind of put their toe in, in desperate. They're desperate, and they have no idea how much Bitcoin keeps its word. People, of course, yeah, people all over the world are entering Bitcoin for different sp- for different reasons. Um, and yeah, like we're, we're very lucky here that we're, we're in the situation of, oh, I'm g- getting into Bitcoin because it's number go up technology and I want to get rich. Like other places in the world, pe- that's not why people are getting into Bitcoin, that they see well, the advantages of it. Because that commitment truly, that that commitment is about as, it's slightly more, it's like a slightly more realistic than me saying I'm an NBA player. <laughs> right, because there's at least like a one in ten thousand chance that somebody will get rich and then get enlightened enough to keep their to actually hold forever. Right, there's like a really really slim chance that it does happen, as opposed to zero from the NBA analogy. <laughs> right, right. But these commitments do have like these commitments have no integrity. But you, what happens? This is fucking so cool. What happens with Bitcoin is. Bitcoin keeps its word so that maybe it takes the load off of the individual, right? They can make yeah. more. They can make more unreasonable promises now because they have. They don't even realize what a large foundation now that they have underneath them keeping its word, right? See, it, before the fact, you're out. You've outsourced your word to a bank, and you're relying on them to keep their word. Or you're relying on the financial system to keep their word and their, their promise, right? And you've sort of replaced that with what Bitcoin does, which is what they do, which is they do keep their word, right? It's, it's onshoring different, instead of relying on third parties to maintain your self-identity of that, oh, I'm a truthful truthful person who delivers, you're onshoring all of those third-party responsibilities. And yeah, Bitcoin is on onshoring the monetary responsibility. Yeah, and it's just so much more likely to keep its word than the current system. And that enables yeah, the right. individual, right, even unknowingly, to make unreasonable assertions about themselves, right? And increase, really increase the probability of them re- retaining their conviction of that, of those assertions, right? I imagine somebody who's living in a, like in a rental unit somewhere, but for whatever reason, they start saving in Bitcoin. And then one day they, they wake up and realize, oh, Bitcoin built a fort around me. I'm, I'm living inside of a castle now. Yes, that's a great example. I'll give you another. I'll give you an example of like I'll just take take your pers- your typical normie debt slave. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm picturing somebody in my mind right now. <laughs> right. They they like you know you, they have to go to work now. Let's just assume that let's take one that has saved like a fair amount of money too. Okay. Right? Fair amount of money. Um, hundreds. Let's just say uh, they've saved an amount that exceeds what FDIC promises. Just as a you know, All right. as an example, right? You have sure. a, a high-paid, a very high-paid debt slave, right? Or some somebody who was smart enough to invest wisely, even using an inferior technology. Correct, but they have, oh, but also with the va- they have a value of saving, but, mm-hmm. right? But right. They, they, they see the best, value of saving. Their the best future. option is cash. They know that they know that cash is going to melt, but they have expenses in the in the near term, right? Yeah. But they also do have savings. So these are like, you know, the low time preference version of a debt slave, right? All right. 
what they so what Bitcoin would do for that person is to say, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen in the next five to ten years. Okay, so I probably should continue this line of work. But if I have, if I took my savings and converted it into Bitcoin, at least I know I'm good after that, right? Like I don't mm. like that's not something I have to worry. Like I don't have to worry about starving in my retirement or being a Walmart reader, because my savings is going to. Be, I'm, I'm, prote- I'm able to protect that, right? I found that right there one of the most difficult messages to convey to no-coiners or pre-coiners or NPCs. It's like, the, like, I am not worried about my retirement. I am not worried about my children's retirement. Yeah, because, like, the worry for me is in the here and now. Like, what happens as the feds collapse? Like, what happens as we get into, a, like, potentially a, a full-scale world nuclear it's the hardest thing. I think it's the hardest thing to get across. Look, I am... I am an expert in retirement. So, like, I don't say that. I don't say I'm an expert in things lightly. <laughs> you are a subject matter expert. That's what you've but been I am doing an expert for a career. This, yeah. I, you know, I have, like, literally 30 years ago, I started thinking deeply about how do, you know, how do you communicate to somebody how much they need to retire and building systems that understand what Social Security supposedly pays, understands what personal savings does to it, understands what a company promise of a pension does to it, and then really building and modeling out and explaining to people at institutions how to think that through, right? That's something I've done for a very, very long time. So the only reason I say that, right, as opposed to say, like, I'm, you know, I'm not a virologist. And so if I try to say something that I'm fairly well read on, Somebody you got to put a big asterisk on that. Somebody that will say, "Well, where'd you get your degree in virology?" Right, and they'll inv- they can invalidate me pretty quickly, right? Despite the fact that I might know more than most on this, right? Mm-hmm. But in this area, it's indisputable, it's undebatable, and nobody can nobody can invalidate my credentials on this. Okay. However, <laughs> my this is a this is like the hardest thing to get across to my own wife, who. You know, we have these difficult debates about, um, like, you know, we have Bitcoin, obviously. So she's definitely, like, accepted the she, – she's believed in what I'm saying enough, right? Mm-hmm. But, but she, has, the, she has not internalized what Bitcoin offers yet. I think when we, we, talk, we talk about the conviction that fiat is fucked. Mm-hmm. That's a hard thing to break. That's like a hard thing to build in somebody, I think. I mean, it's for hard. 30 years, you've been work focusing on retirement plans and how, how people are going to retire inside of a broken monetary system. The, this, the fact that the system and the money is broken must have been pretty evident to you from a pretty early time, certainly earlier than people who aren't looking yeah. at and I've mentioned it retirement. before, like when I entered, so once I started learning these tools, I started using them on myself, right? So at the age of 22, I was retirement planning for myself and like i knew how to assume two to two percent inflation i knew or whatever four percent inflation i can put that in my model and see Mm -hmm. oh if it's four percent i need like four million dollars at age 65 versus one million right if it's yeah and then how long do you plan to live after 65 those were easy things for me to understand right it's it's um it took, what took a long time 
really was to shatter the notion that how fucked fiat is. Like that fiat is like, and when I say fiat, I don't mean the money, right? It's the system. The system, how fucking broke the system is. And that's the hard, so so what I was saying, the the arguments we get into, this is incredible, right? And I would, fuck, I should write a a paper on this one choice, right? Because it's an interesting academic choice. But like, to the extent that there is say, um, available dry powder that would be in the category of should buy Bitcoin with, right? Mm-hmm. The debate is also as to whether or not to buy years back on her pension. Ah, uh, okay. Like what to do, how, how to deploy this capital effectively. And, you know, I would say to me professionally, I wouldn't even charge somebody for the advice to say that is the dumbest question probably anyone's ever asked on earth, right? And that it's not to be insulting. It's like, it's just if you side by side if you have the uh, if you have the view that um bitcoin will exist doesn't mean it's going to win or thrive or flourish right you just mean it will exist right yeah. it will continue to exist in some form right and you're talking 20 years out right this is a promise of like w- seriously would you trade a bit like would you trade a you know fucking satoshi for an equivalent promise of a dollar 20 years out from an institution that's already so big that it's eating itself and has no fucking chance of succeeding, right? That's already totally dysfunctional. Um, yeah, I'm, the public, I wouldn't, public I wouldn't be trying system. to buy back years on my pension in Venezuela or or in the Soviet Union, that kind of situation. Like, well, okay. right, but so the public school system in the United States is really probably no different. It's just, you know, like they're going to be the first ones, obviously, to, um, you know, start going bankrupt, <laughs> right, and start fucking over their pensioners and all this stuff. I mean, it's like, you know, it's utterly, it's utterly insane to argue that the that promise. I mean, you think about it, the layers of kind of trust that a Bitcoiner just doesn't have at all right and there's like so many layers of trust required to see this as even even a discussion well yeah having gone through the public school system i I would say the prussian model is churning out state like statist little cogs that can go into the machine and keep the machine running and yeah teaching those cogs about how money works isn't going to enter like you're not an authoritarian government isn't going to hand out technology that can be used to defeat them (laughs) yeah i mean they're too dumb to think about it that i mean the the public school system in general and not you know it's funny right there's no one overlord of the public school system right there's thousands of them it's an extremely decentralized thing People just right. following orders, just expecting like, oh, well, this is the thing that I'm supposed to teach and expect it. And that's like, well, they're just working for the weekend kind of situation. It's a very powerful decentral. So you know what? Maybe this is a good segue into something that I've been thinking about and we talked about a little bit this week in our Telegram is alternative systems, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And like, um, you know, I, I, I got into Bitcoin after you by several years and uh, but I've spent really the majority of my adult life uh, being putting myself on alternative systems for food healthcare 
education of my children. Um, you know, and then so the question really is, I guess how I saw Bitcoin was because, was my ability to access these alternative systems going forward was going to be dependent on whether or not I own Bitcoin. That's how I actually that that's really was my entree. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah. So my Bitcoin was the first alternative system really that I that I entered into. You you already had several that you were uh, like on board with before realizing that money was another one you needed to add to the list. Yes, I didn't know. Well, I didn't know that there was a money for an alternative system. Right. It's like I I, I just didn't even know. Right. I didn't know Bitcoin right. was potentially that. But until you if, know, yeah, you don't know. If you follow Bitcoin's history, that's exactly what it's like. If that's the first place it went to was the first alternative system for you know buying drugs, and then it after that it went to the unbanked around the world, right? Just as an alternative system for banks for like you know sixty to seventy percent of the world's population, but in privileged in America, it's going you know it's going in the direction of like you're not going to be able to buy real food get real health care or get you know get access to non-state education <laughs> right yeah it's not still... that we're there now but I, that was my that was my worldview when i adopted bitcoin right was that i was i'm not my ability to access these things in the future is going to be dependent on whether or not i have the right money to pay for those things it, it, like there's still so many people out there that don't even realize that these alternative systems are are desirable or what like the kind of benefits offered by these alternative systems. And I would say right, and I I would say and have said that alternative systems for like healthcare and food are more important than Bitcoin because your health span is far more scarce. Like enough, all the Bitcoin in the world won't matter if you can't deploy it to improve you you know yeah. improve your the, health. the only thing more scarce than bitcoin is the time that each of us get in the dimension yeah maybe that's not the only thing but yeah i mean that's a big one that people tend to overlook right um i was on a i was on a clubhouse yesterday i never do this but when my the person who i found bitcoin through I get alerts like when he's talking on Clubhouse. Mm, okay. Um, Dr. Jack Cruz. And um, so he's on there and he's talking about interest, just talking about centralization. He's so big on just centralized medicine and fighting, fighting against that. But there's a guy on there who is dialing in. He had a stroke and he was dialing in from the emergency room. And oh, geez. Like, wow. Like Jack says to him, you know what, my friend, I don't want to be a dick. But the dumbest thing you could be doing right now is having a phone to your ear after you had a stroke. And he's like, I don't know how to tell Bitcoiners this, but like, get your fucking phones away from your fucking heads, especially after you, you know, you're, I mean, you know, he'll go into the science as to why this is, you know, and tell you what papers in, were written about this in 2011. But like, you know, we are beams of light and we are essentially clusters of information beams of light and you know we are limited by our we we limit ourselves and we are destroying ourselves unknowingly right by fucking with the water light and magnetism that makes us thrive and because most bitcoiners are young right the millennials 
they don't know yet how fucking fragile life is. Hmm. Right? And but yet it is. And once you have sort of have a sense of the limited health span you have left, it like nothing's more important. And that's why I say like finding um, discovering Dr. Jack in 2011 versus Bitcoin in 2011, I would never change that. I would never, if you offered me the choice, right, to find Bitcoin in 2011, I could be like Mandrick, right? <laughs> or do it the way I did, right? Wait nine, wait 10 years. I would have done it exactly the way I did it. Yeah, each of our paths are, are our own paths. It's like some of the some of the revelations you're talking about that that you were foundational to bring you into Bitcoin. So like those those sorts of revelations were the opposite for me. So I Bitcoin was the revelation first that put me in the position where I realized I need like I, I need to be more aware of the quality of the things that I'm putting into my body because I I want this meat sack to walk around for another fifty years. Yeah. Yes. So and so it's so interesting. Bitcoiners, I think, in general, I'm so impressed. Like, when I got into Bitcoin, I was like, damn, they've actually, without spending 10 years on it like I did, <laughs> they really just adopted a network effect of avoid seed oils. Like, whoa, right? Yeah. Like, I spent years going through um, biology textbooks, really trying to understand why a couple of renegades were trying to, you know, make ruin the fun of going out to dinner <laughs> you know <laughs> I, mean, I mean yeah it's like there's no are always news. looking for market opportunities and well, there's no saying. there's no worse news you could deliver in the world than you know what you can never go to a restaurant ever enjoy your fucking life right if you care about your health you can't you know and it's true and it's like something i've had to accept over a long period of time and like it's almost like bitcoiners just got it in a second at least that's how it appears, right? <laughs> I think bit Bitcoiners are good at finding happy mediums. And yeah, seed oils are terrible for you. But I, I, in, in personally, like, okay, I do everything for my family. My family does everything we can to avoid seed oils in our home cooking. But like, Bitcoin Pizza Day is coming up. It's not like we're not going to have pizza. I, like my, so I used to be close. I'm a pretty short guy. Um, and there was a point in my life when I was approaching 200 pounds, which is pretty significantly heavy for my frame yeah. and this this was right around i was about 200 pounds right as i was really getting into bitcoin and so bitcoin along with some other other inputs forced me to have the re realization that i need to lose a lot of weight and so i yeah. i mean we talked about this before like i spent a summer doing nothing like i focused on losing weight and i lost 60 pounds i got back down to what is a healthy a healthy wow. weight for me it's amazing I mean, you're right. It, it wasn't easy, but it was like it was one of those things realizing it's like pe some people will quit quit smoking cold turkey. Other people can't do it that way and have to have to taper off. And for me, so after I spent a summer focusing on losing weight and doing like so eating nothing but I mean, I think I, I, th I had rice and uh, and chicken breasts pretty much as, uh, and the, some like vegetables as well. But that, like that was all I ate for six months and that the weight just came off me. I cut out all all sugars and everything. But yeah. then once I got into the maintenance mode, okay, how, how am I going to stay here? It's like, I don't want to keep losing weight. I'm now in the, like the 140, 150 range. How do I stay here? It's like, okay, well, I'm not, I can't continue this full neck 
sprint that I've been doing for the ha past half year. So, okay, I need to give myself some some fun leeway. So what I built into me, okay, well, so also, I'm, there's no, there, there's no, uh, I mean, there's no human, version of human that's ever, like, thrived on rice and chicken breast. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it. There's, I so was starving a, myself. Like, it's an effective tool because you needed to reverse some process, right? There's there's three three like a triangle of weight loss things that I was yeah. that I was focused on. So it's like you can exercise, you can restrict your you can restrict your calories that are coming in, and then you can augment with um, things like I don't know, like supplements, like that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. you can shrink and expand each side of this pyramid, but like you can't you can't make any of the sides go away. Like if you so I focused all like I didn't want to exercise because I've like I was in the Air Force and I hated exercise at the time. Now I'm exercising regularly, but I hadn't got to that point yet. I didn't want to exercise. I didn't want to take supplements. So, okay, I need to focus all of my energy into the diet side. And that's what I did and it, and it worked for me. But then once I was out of that phase, I mean, like I start, I needed, okay, it was Saturdays are now cheat days. I can have anything I want on Saturdays. As much as I want, there's there's no rules. And like once I gave myself that that leeway, I mean, yeah, there a couple sat first for a while, Saturdays were crazy. And then I, it started like, I don't really want to take advantage of my cheat days on Saturdays just because of the lifestyle I'm living. It's a, the, the desire to go out and have cake or have pizza decreases. Like I, I hardly ever drink anymore. It's just it's like, I don't, I don't need it like I used to need it. It's like, it's like, so Bitcoiners focusing on like, we're crowdsourcing how to make a better human essentially. And yes, yes. some people come back with, yeah, seed oils are terrible. Avoid seed oils. Some people come back with, um, like, we, we all need to be lifting he heavy things repetitively. There's all of these different aspects of life that Bitcoiners, in trying to improve themselves, are crowdsourcing that we can, how we can all do it better. So, yes. But I, there is no one size fits all solution for everyone. So. Well, it's true. But, like, so that, what's remarkable to me is from somebody who spent a long time verifying these things, seeing, like, Bitcoiners have this just ability to network effect these really this these really high signal things and i mean other like i don't so i don't and i don't see them adopting like um super damaging things other than maybe just this over probably the overuse of wi-fi and screens right, right. i mean there's area like so mandrick is very anti-coffee but I'm like it's, so. There's some Bitcoiners out there that go that that level of extreme is like okay, you can't even can't even have that right. vice. Which I would say is actually very. That's a low signal thing. And again, I, I, my bar, and I've again spent years verifying many of these things. But my bar is, you know, at least have there been, you know, human flourishing, right? Are there have there been societies, tribes, any groups over a long period of time who have flourished? Um, you know, certainly um, there are many examples of just human flourishing through coffee, <laughs> right? So actually, I don't. Th I think that like quitting coffee is almost like a derivative of going vegan in a certain way. Like I'm not saying we need it to thrive, but actually, we maybe we do, and I'm not convinced that we don't. I mean, I, I find coffee is a useful tool. Yeah, sure, it has its negative sides, but it it's also not, has its positive well, sides. I don't. It's a tool. Well, I don't. I disagree. I don't think it has a negative side. Coffee itself, I've never... So, and again, you know, we get very confused. And I don't want to, again, go into a big rant about food. But, like, coffee is a food and it's an agricultural product. And it, not all coffee is created equal, okay? 
But mm-hmm. if you so if you drink so just for example, small rant here. Okay. Yeah, United States and this isn't an anti regulation or pro regulation rant, but the United States has no regulation on mold in coffee. And I only say that to say that some some countries and continents do, like the Euro, even China does. It's not to say that we should, but where do you think when like Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or Folgers, when they're mold, you know, when they're sort of mold fails those tests, where do you think it ends up? Yeah, they're uh, not going to send it to Europe. <laughs> well, it can't. They can't, right? So they obviously exactly. it ends up here, and you know, so a lot of people think they're consuming some agricultural product like coffee, the same way they think they're consuming a ribeye and they think that all ribeyes are created equal, right? And, but, so there's, and maybe they're seeing negative effects, right? So like when you drink moldy coffee, especially for a long time, you accumulate um, things like okra toxin A or, you know, you accumulate these, these mold toxins, um, you end up with bad health outcomes. And it actually has nothing to do with the coffee. It's the fact that you have been buying coffee from a shitty, uh, you know, from a shitty provider. You actually got duped into thinking that it was not an agricultural product, right? And you think that they're, these crystals are <laughs> the same all the time, or you think that the, right? You don't mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. people don't think about what they're putting in their body as something that was actually came from a long production process that had many attack vectors for. Not attack vectors from other humans, attack vectors from other forms of nature. Like mold, like fungus, yeah. like bacteria. I've definitely like, heard blah, 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 the, the moldy, the mold in coffee. I've, I've heard that. It's, uh, it's just an example, but like if you just buy shitty coffee in general, right? You get jittery, you know, you, you know, you have these health outcomes. And then people don't even know that there's a difference between caffeine and coffee, which is like not knowing that there's a difference between, say, nicotine and a burnt cigarette, right? Very different things, right? right? Like you, you could put a nicotine gum in your inside your lip. You could do that every day, multiple times a day, and never actually become addicted to nicotine. But if you like smoke a cigarette, yeah. you probably Some, take it takes like five cigarettes, and then you're like you're addicted forever, and you're you're. Well, maybe some people are. I mean, they're, yeah, well, they're, again, this is something, and I also say something I've studied, like the process of how it, what actual nicotine addiction is. Well, yeah, there's chemical addictions and then there's physical addictions, yeah, so and they're not the same thing. The point is, it's the the form, the like the form, the process, right? Like if you take caffeine pills, right? It's a very different method of it's like a different different method of interaction than drinking it in coffee. Oh, sure. If you if you drink water, it's a different interaction from injecting it into your bloodstream. It's like one's gonna kill you. Correct. That's right. And actually, not all water is created equal, and this is a whole other thing to get into but the point being if you look at coffee the way you look at meat and say well i'm only kind of going to look at coffee from a um from a quality coffee like i know how to source quality coffee ongoingly and i'm only going to get that right i can tell you like i have never i have not experienced a negative effect of coffee i drink coffee every day and some days sometimes i go on vacation or sometimes i can't i don't have access to it Right, and sometimes I'm just traveling. I just can't get it. There's no, there's no difference in my life, really, on those days. Man, just, you're lucky. I get, I get headaches when I don't luck. have the caffeine. No, it's it is skill. This is not luck. This well, you're is you're very you're very skilled because man, my, my body That's is correct. unskilled, and I get no. I get, you're not. Your body is not unskilled. Your body is unskilled at dealing with 
what's in your coffee. And you're not what you're unskilled at is being able to ongoingly source quality coffee. And it really mm. is as is as simple as that. Um, you, I used to get, used to quit coffee and get those fucking headaches, right? Um, I used to drink coffee and feel super jittery, right? You you know again, it's like clean eating. Coffee is just a it's a part of that pro, it's a part of that equation. It's a food. It's an agricultural product. It is a Typically a tropical agricultural product, which just means there's a lot of attack vectors from biology. Well, the conviction that you definitely have for coffee is mere. So the conversation I've had a conversation with Mandrick about coffee, and he has yeah, similar level of conviction yeah. On, yeah, on, on the other end of it. So it's like yeah. the beauty thing about like, so Bitcoiners are out there. We're crowdsourcing. How, how do we improve our lives? And nobody has is going to come down with the definitive version of it like it's like I, so Ma- yeah. mandrick is very anti-coffee you are very pro-coffee like there's bitcoiners who are super into drugs there's bitcoiners who say like you will destroy your life on drugs it's like yeah. all there's the argument between uh, cast iron versus non-stick like there's there's all of these areas that we're, we're crowdsourcing However, trying uh, to find consensus I can, t- I can tell you for sure so another example like uh, safe safeting on carnivore is like super super convicted that like you know you're fucking you're an ass if you eat any other way right so but the i guess the way to think about it right is well are there populations that have thrived um you know have thrived with or without these things right so like nobody i forgot some of the things you already some of the, like no we don't really know about cast iron pots like we haven't done those studies right <laughs> but, like, but yeah, humans have been cooking on them for ten thousand years correct so this whole debate right it's just a question i mean it's a question i think of acrylamides and um you know how hot you can get your food and all that stuff and i get like we i understand that we have these debates and sometimes they're based on actual science and sometimes they're you know the type well, of science is such as like i used to have a much higher opinion of quote unquote science and now I, like, science is an individualized religion at this point well uh, no but in the matter my of co- science versus so, right. their science i will explain in the matter of cooking it's are you getting are you leaching metals or are you getting what's called advanced glycation end products into your food which is are typically things that aren't viewed as bad <laughs> right so let's go back to wi-fi yeah. So, like, okay. is, is there any level of electromagnetic EM radiation that, that is a good, do you think? Yes. It's called the Schumann resonance. Schumann resonance, which is the... So, if you go back two and a half million years, right, how did we evolve? What? How did we select our... the human? You know, how did human beings select its own cells and its own structure, right? We evolved under a natural electromagnetic environment right based on the earth's position there, we yeah the, the earth is is irradiated bananas Correct. have radiation yeah there's radiation so the earth sun, sunlight is radiation the earth is in a position in a gravitational position between the moon and the sun and the other planets and every other piece of matter in the galaxy right mm-hmm. yep and so all living things evolved and so you might say the first living things the first like you eukaryotes or bacteria that came out of the ocean right evolved under this magnetic under this uh this natural sort of magnetic field we'll call it I mean, a nat- call it a native 
a magnetic field. And so you they, might they evolved see... under the sun. The radiation that ninety nine point nine percent of the radiation that humans experience is from our nearest star. So that's where it comes from. That's why that statement: we are beams of light. We are really just reflections of how we evolved from the power source of, it's not just the sun, but the sun is obviously the most powerful, you know, it's the most mass, right? It's, it's the, it's the entity that's most influential in that magnetic field, but it's also every other piece of matter in the galaxy is part of it as well. Right. What is what is the difference between the radiation that was around? I mean, currently around and also around during our species evolution. What is the difference between that radiation and ionizing radiation? Hmm. Well, I guess I'm not. I'm not exactly. I know it's mass. Ionizing radiation is re is referring to one spectrum of the electromagnetic, and it's uh, it's clearly not. It's. It, like that's something that I guess society has accepted is harmful, right? Well, ionizing radiation. So I, gamma, I asked you a question. the gamma radiation? Sorry, like, a, like the x-rays? Once you get up past a certain energy level, it, we, you get into radiation that we consider quote-unquote ionizing, which the, the radiation is strong enough that it's stripping off electrons from yeah. the, the things that it's passing through. Correct. But I mean, like, like Wi-Fi so is not ionizing radiation. Light is not uh, ionizing And that's radiation. what, right, I understand. And that's why it's considered, like, it's, it's been considered uh quote-unquote safe because it doesn't do because we evolved in, so it's in a, well place it's we have not evolved. well we, we well we haven't evolved to um we haven't evolved to deal with what wi-fi does so have we, we evolved to deal with cow milk um that's a debate yeah, it was that, like that's the, the like I, I'm we've only been opinion. I have no, I have no pro, like my, so I am, I am have a history of Air Force intelligence. So like I was trained on nuclear weapons and ha how radiation from nuclear pulses works and interacts with with different systems on it. So I, I have a pretty extensive history with signals intelligence and how EM signals propagate and how I mean I, yeah. I, I would like to think I have a pretty good understanding of how they interact with the fleshy meat sacks that we call bodies. Um, and yeah, well, I you, have never crossed. So, let me ask I've, you this then: Did you sorry. learn what happens to uh, calcium ion channels when in the presence of non-ionizing electromagnetic fields, which is what, which is where Wi-Fi lives and radio frequencies? No, tell me about it. So what happens is cal it, so calcium crosses. Um, this is not a good thing. There's a long chain of reasons why. I mean, I don't didn't want to do a biological podcast here but like when what happens in the in the presence not just of wi-fi this is one thing right but um it is an observe it is observed to for calcium to cross ion channels um in our cells and what i mean for me my understanding of what what the implication like so what right is that it requires mitochondrial energy to undo it. To repair and, the damage? Okay. Yeah. And you might, so like, I just want to go back to ask, have we evolved the cow's milk? Or have we evolved, the question to the, the, the answer to the question of have we evolved of anything like that's recent, right? Now, we've probably been drinking cow's milk for like 10,000 years. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But yeah, that's, that's a blink evolutionarily speaking. But like, you know. That's like 10 know, people we, ago. We also electrified the planet like, you know, 150 yeah. years ago. Fairly right? recently. So to ask if we've evolved, it may be that every 
like sort of modern disease is the answer to that question. It's like we're actually beginning to evolve and we're beginning, we're beginning to maybe thin out who's going to survive all this shit, right? All the modern diseases are the evolution, are, the, are how we evolve. And maybe, in, you know, maybe in a million years, like, you know, the, the survivors are maybe, maybe less. I don't know, right? But that maybe is the answer to the question. So this goes back to now. Okay, calcium, <laughs> calcium ion channels, right? Um, calcium crosses ion channels when you, um, in order to actually cause pain, like when you step on a thumbtack and you ask yourself, like, how does, like, how do you know so fast that, how do you know so fast that you hurt yourself and you step on a thumbtack when like, you know, it takes 20 minutes to get the, for your brain to get the message that you're full, right? So how do, Mm -hmm. why do some things happen instantaneously and some things happen much more slowly? Right. So the, the answer to the instantaneous question is, well, I don't know why we evolved. I, I mean, I, I think we could all guess why it's good to know that we just uh, impaled ourselves, Right. But the way our nervous system, the way our neuro system does this is by um, effluxing calcium across channels. That's and that causes pain. And I'm. Now, I'm about to get out of my depth, but I believe this is the target of pain medication and all that. But the point, and this is back to beam, being beams of light, right? We're very imperfect beams of light because we live in a, a very non we, we live in a... Um, hey, man, speak for yourself. My beam of light's pretty perfect over here. Well, we live in an environment that is not conducive to maintain the fidelity, Right. We are more intermittent information. We're not continuous information because we are not exist. Our our information signals, our signatures of who we are, living in an environment that was not designed to maintain those, right? So seed oils are another thing that causes calcium channel efflux. It causes... Let me, let me try to summarize what you just said. Can I do that? Yeah. Okay, so the issue that folks have with Wi-Fi is that it's causing your body to have to do extra work that w- that it wouldn't have to do in the absence of Wi-Fi being around. Is that is that correct? It's doing mi- mitochondrial work that you're so you're having to burn yes. energy that you wouldn't otherwise have to burn. Yes, Same thing that, with seed oils. That, you're you're putting your body in a situation where it needs to burn extra energy to maintain its natural state. Yes, that's at a low level. So that's like at a low level. At a higher level, putting like having a cell phone on your ear has been shown to increase like masses and tumors at that location and then when you remove it you see those masses and tumors decrease i mean so like right, yeah, a, the cell phone a, shaped tumor that we like see on the nbc at a very local level it's clearly a right it's clearly an accelerator of those things but so but at a non-local level um, there's there's a whole set of things that cause your body to produce more energy to undo yeah, so like I can add to that list. Like I, so just looking out my window. Like so, so we live near an active road. Like I have to like all of these things that are slowly damaging us. That like that hopefully my body, my wife's body, my kids' body are repairing themselves faster than these things can degrade them. But things like so we live near a road. Brake dust. Brake dust is on that list. So we live near power lines. Power lines are have exponentially more powerful than the power, the power coming out of your Wi-Fi device. Yeah, I'm closer to my Wi-Fi device than I am to those power lines. But I mean, like, I'm certainly within the EM range of these power lines. Yes, but the inverse square law is very powerful, meaning that like your exposure to it is 
inversely related to the square of the distance. The distance, right. That thing. So but even that, words, I mean, the, the power difference phone. between a Wi-Fi device running on 110 volts, and I mean, it's, yeah. it's running on 110, but it's not pulling 100, 110 volts. It's using a much slower voltage than that compared to the, the uh, voltage running through those power lines. So yeah, even including the inverse square law, like other than holding a device, to put, putting AirPods in your ears, putting a cell phone up to your head, like other than holding the Wi-Fi router to your stomach, like I, I, it's, <laughs> right. it doesn't yeah. raise to the level of, okay, the, the utility offered by Wi-Fi currently is greater than the potential shield that I, I could increase the barrier defense against us by stripping out Wi-Fi. But I mean, we're, I mean there's, we're being bathed in EM radiation from satellites from orbit. It's like, yeah, they're far away, but it's a powerful yes. signal. So the, I guess the point of this, I'm going to actually wrap this in a Bitcoin. I swear. I swear right. to you. <laughs> but the point, I guess, isn't to say, oh, my God, we can't use Wi-Fi. Stop using it because it's blah, 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 right? So this is like the same type of thinking that leads to climate hysteria. Like, oh, my God, you know, anything that increases our temperature is horrible. And we ignore the thing that we ignore is the ability to master climate. And, that, and it's related to power. And the ability to master it, so it's like by using more power, unintuitively, we've actually lowered climate deaths and raised our life expectancy because we create structures. We've invented air conditioning. We create structures that could withstand hurricanes and yada, 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 right? So it's mm. like there. And so there's this way that like Bitcoiners have adopted certain memes that have made them more resilient. The more you do right, the more you can do wrong. And then, so if you quickly adopt, you quickly figure out seed oils, and maybe like you quickly actually figure out maybe Wi-Fi, and you don't, it's not like you shut it off because then you don't have, you know, you got nothing, right? You have no network effect. But you learn how to mitigate it. Um, what happens, I have this strong view, and again, this is, I'm, I'm an expert in the area of mortality, right? I, I'm an actuary, credentialed actuary, and I've been thinking about how, um, you know, how not to outlive your savings, mm-hmm. right? I have a view that, like, Bitcoiners might actually crush the life expectancy. We might see Bitcoiners hockey stick their life expectancy, okay? Meaning, and I don't think it's going to be people like me because I'm, you know, I'm close to age 50, and I, maybe people like me are going to be on the normal curve, Right. But the millennials who are already figuring these memes quickly out that take others dozens and dozens of years, right? And they're just figuring it out through the network effect and signal. They may live to 150 or 200. It's possible. Like I, yeah. I, and I think it's like um, something that. So I. So I've related it. To, I've related it to Bitcoiners, but I haven't related it to Bitcoin yet. So. Um, I've been thinking a lot about Bitcoin and mortality. So I think, so A, I think it's important for Bitcoiners to think about the fact that they actually might live. Um, they might live to see 2140, possibly. Right? Like, there are Bitcoiners alive today that may live to see that day, right? It's possible. Yeah. Okay. That's, I think that raises the stakes significantly on your time preference and on whether or not you hope. And whether or not you have this, con- well, how convicted you can be that you will um, not outlive your stack. I mean, removing so. all of the revelations of removing like the the things that are causing you to die early from your life, 
just just having the Bitcoin offering you, oh, hey, you don't have to worry about life in 15 years, 20 years. Like the the Bitcoin, the Bitcoin boat is coming. Like hyper Bitcoinization is coming. Just having that, like once you have that revelation, realization in the back of your mind, removing there's there's something to be said for just for the removal of stress from people's lives. Yes, but then I think if we're going, I so I am sympathetic to like the tombers of the world who make these videos with this vision that the way things are going to be in, you know, maybe 30, 40 years, it's going to be not utopian, but quite idyllic as a result of people changing their view of their ability to save and lowering their time preference, right? I'm not alone, right? I get very inspired by these visions, these grand mm. visions. Of, but yeah, I me too. Say, however, I will say that it's possible that this question may need to be solved for people. Which is how do I make sure, and how do I make sure I, I don't actually outlive my stack? So and, you know it's interesting that I happen to have spent the last twenty eight years professionally on this question in fiat, right? Is fiat is retirement a fiat concept though? Well, retire, and I think this idea. Well, I think that fiat offered the first real solution. Of um, and the world adopted it immediately, right? This idea of a go- of se- the idea of um, government guaranteed lifetime income. Yeah, that's in, in the, the form most of fiat Sec- thing ever. In the form of social security, right? Yes, but it, you know what? It's something. It's clearly something people want. It's like the probably oh, yeah. the most. It's the I want to work. I want to live and not work. Well, you are not going to be able to work your whole life. So the idea, I think there's a, there's a certain ideal that's definitely, um, like you want to spend your working years putting away a nest egg that will be there for you when you're no longer able to work. I mean, I think that is, it's not so, um, it's not totally a Marxist idea necessarily here, right? You're not looking for something for nothing. You want to spend, again, spend your working years putting away your stack, right? It's just now this idea that what happened. It's it's this idea about your longevity, right? The some the thing you can't control is how long you live, and yeah, I mean, Bitcoiners are longer term. Like retirement is planning for yourself. It's very egotistical. It's like, well, I want to make sure I'm taken care of. Bitcoiners aren't worried about that. Bitcoiners are worried about they're taking care of their great great grandkids. Right. That's I get that. But what you we may. Have to, I, because I have experience in this, right? I understand that there's a personal thing that happens when you start to realize, shit, I might actually live longer than I realized. And that I'm going to end up draining that stack. And there will be nothing for my great, great grandkids. There won't even be any. You know, that's, I think that's the thing to think about, right? That anxiety. And what's happening today in fiat, by the way, with this promise, this horseshit promise, is people don't even like people are like I'm fucked if I live a long time, right? So it's now yeah, nihilism. Yeah. It's nihilism, YOLO, like, you know, let me just experience life now because no one's no one's coming to take care of me when I'm older. If I'm and you know, maybe I'll just eat a bullet so that I don't have to, you know, mm-hmm. I don't have to experience that, right? I mean, who knows? And so what I'm talking about is what happens is a shift in thinking 
strictly in the strictly in the world of Bitcoiners, right? Where this anxiety must be relieved to a point where I think we can truly, truly realize low time preference. The type of low time preference that is required to deliver on what many people are sharing as a grand vision. One of the revelations I had early in my Bitcoin career was that retirement is not an age thing. Retirement is a financial state. And so, like, I, I get people, if you, people could view me as retired right now. I'm not, I'm not retired. I'm, I have retired from the legacy job market. I'm now like almost entirely in the Bitcoin world, but like, I don't view myself as retired. I, I'm, I am making money differently now than I used to. Like, yet, I used to be salaried. Now, I, now I'm, I, I'm contractual. Like I'm looking to produce content or produce value in the world that other people will find valuable. Well, you like, view the I, word, you were reviewing retirement as like with a circle T trademark from like Charles Schwab and the way the industry defines it, as opposed to there is a state of humanity, and it's probably from the Industrial Revolution where we hockey sticked up life expectancy well beyond probably like. If you go back to Paleo Caveman, two and a half million years ago, right? They used to, li- they, you know, they were living a very vigorous life till about age seventy, and then they dropped dead. Right. Um, the so, work available for them was different as well. I mean, you're not going to be age seventy at running down a mastodon. Neolithic man, right? Now reaches a point where they can't be relied. They they can't rely on themselves to really earn right they they reach a point in life where they do outlive their ability to earn now they know that too so we understand this and we have this savings this idea of savings right now in the well, last family. century i need to build a well, family so they can okay. take care of me when i'm older that's right so in the last century this whole idea got perverted and fucked by fiat okay but it's still right understand and there's this family but we don't What's going to happen potentially is we hockey stick life expectancy up again. Why? For so well, for so many reasons with Bitcoiners in general. A, they're able to meme themselves into health, just healthier lifestyles. But B, they're going to master power in a way that no one else is. Right? We, mm-hmm. we, you and I know this is a fucking fact. Yeah. Right. That there's going to be another, and, and it is a really good chance that it has an industrial revolution like breakthrough in all of the metrics for the people that actually benefit from this discovery, right? The Industrial Revolution didn't hockey stick everybody. It didn't, like, you know, China and India didn't get that hockey stick until they adopted that power usage, until they started using power that way, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the first, you know, this is like, (laughs) maybe it's a Cantillon effect on... Life, you know, basically on power use and its impact on life expectancy, but it's going to hockey stick up again, you know, right? We may have to figure out how to train many, many, like you know, six or seven generations to take care of us. That's no, there's no, um, there's no literature or frame of thinking that has done anything to necessarily help think through whether or not that's something that is even possible or not. Bringing this home, right? Bringing this we're, home. We're definitely have, blazing a new trail here. Well, let me tell you what I've thought about, okay? 
I've thought about ways to use the Bitcoin network and Lightning to provide lifetime, potentially provide lifetime income, either on chain or in Lightning, using basically using Lightning and ways to create structures and channels that could just, you know, um, so that's something I'm spending a lot of time thinking about, um, which what I think would be cool. Like, I think, A, it would be cool if Lightning just sucked up the payment rails, the payment um, commitments of the entire retirement system. I think it can. My understanding of Lightning is that it absolutely, absolutely can, right? Yep, I agree. If, I think it will. If it all moved on to Bitcoin, right? Now, then the question is, how do I, as a human being send money to myself in the future, right? Like I could make an on-chain transaction with a really large time lock, right? I could certainly do that. But there might be, I'm, I might prefer a different structure that potentially Lightning can provide of a, um, a declining annuity, right? An annuity that declines with the halvings because your purchasing power is going, you don't need that much. And then, you know, when I first started thinking about using Bitcoin to sort of replace certain financial products, my immediate thought was, we're just, there's just not enough Bitcoin to do it, right? And the, the transformation I've had in thinking about it is it should decline through time. Like the amount of Bitcoin people get out of these structures should decline through time. I mean, yeah, as the, as the network absorbs the value from the rest of the world, I mean, the Bitcoin's not big enough right now to replace the oil market. Like it, Bitcoin needs to grow a massive amount to be able to handle something like the oil, like handling oil sales around the world. Like it's just not big enough to do it yet. And yeah, for, for every, to handle everybody, a potential like lightning based annuity retirement for people. It's like, yeah, it's not big enough to do that yet. We no, need to grow but, the network a lot bigger before it can handle that kind of payment structure. Correct. But like, there's like the, if you think of what has already been built on lightning, right? The fact that we already have a trustless payment system to begin with is remark pretty remarkable because it's quite the useful. Majority, the majority of the world has no fucking clue about it, right? Mm-hmm. It, and it'll be there waiting for them when they're ready for it. Correct. And so that's how I. That's sort of how I view. You know, it's just different ways of. It's really just different ways of using channels. And so then the last thing I'll I'll hit here is on the topic of mortality. I don't know if we have time. Do you, do you know, yeah, let's, we, talk, like, let's, talk, let's talk about mortality. Okay, so check this out, right? What I've been thinking about on... So there's the mortality in terms of human beings, and we just sort of really... We, we, we've discussed it pretty deeply. Like, it's a... It's definitely something that I don't... You know, there's definitely not a lot of discussion about it, right? But in the human world, pretty rich, and I can't wait for more Bitcoiners to come in that want to talk about this shit. But... Then I look at mortality in Bitcoin. What does that mean, right? So, well, it can mean like the mortality of a UTXO, uh, which a, uh, a UTXO gets spent and it dies, or it doesn't get spent, or it gets lost and it's immortal. Well, I mean, just like humans, the purpose of a UTXO is to die and to be spent and forged into a new, a new UTXO. Well, maybe if that's the purpose, but a lot of UTXOs will be will be immortalized. Already are, right? Satoshi's. Yeah, the sats that people have lost are never going to move again. And yeah, and so then in the in the world of Bitcoin, you know, in two, there's a balance probably. There's probably a balance the same way in our bodies, right? Where 
too much immortality leads to cancer. Not enough, right? Whereas... Yeah, and so uh, I've heard Brett Weinstein make that claim that cancer is the body's solution to immortality. And I mean, which is another way of saying, which is another way of answering the question from 45 minutes ago is it's also our answer of how do we evolve to these new things, right? Um, so it's, that's a cool thing to talk about, but the thing that blew my mind <laughs> was thinking of the mortality of a, light, of a lightning node, right? Or a lightning channel, right? The lightning channel is actually tied to the UTXO. Yeah, so if a, so if a, uh, if a UTXO exists because it was used to open a lightning channel and those sats are now being sent back and forth on the lightning network, and that channel is never ever closed. Are those sats immortal on the Bitcoin mainnet? Well, so then again, it's like it's the threat of being able to close it gives the sats life, gives them an equivalent life in the Lightning Network, right? Mm-hmm. But and then maybe it's just the, again the the ability, the fact that the that your partner is holding the sword of Damocles all the time means that it's not immortal, right? The partner can always close the channel at will. <laughs> Since the thing about lightning that I think people don't quite get, right, is not just the owning a Bitcoin, but then the being in a cooperative relationship with somebody where the threat of clo- the threat of ending it is imminent at any time is just as good, right? It's and a good threat to prevent fuckery. It allows the entire world a payment network for the entire world that is trustless. Yeah, instead of trusting PayPal to make sure there's no fuckery, like oh no, it's like if you fuck around, you, the people that you're transacting with can get their revenge. Yeah, so like this is this is what's been this is what's been in my head now. So like I'm I'm viewing UTXOs. I'm not trying to anthropomorphize them, right? But I think that there's a way. First of all, I think mortality is interesting from a data perspective because it's you know you either you're either alive or dead and you can only go in one direction so i think those two properties make it potentially something that the network itself can share information on because then this there's this thing with the oracle problem if you ever want to use a trustless trustless protocol based on these layers Right, the information that the trigger of whether someone's alive or dead, you don't want to ever have to trust to a person, right. third party. That's, that is a, a right? place where an attack vector could enter. Correct. So then, but there's so many. But it's like you could say that you could have said that about the lightning, about so many aspects about the lightning network, and then these developers created incentives. Right, they created the incentives. To say, you know what, we're not going to solve the Oracle problem, but we're going to create very strong incentives to make sure we can trust this information, right? Mm-hmm. And so I believe, if I think about it further and deeper, that the I can think of incentives on Lightning for a node operator to report that they're alive or report that they're dead. And the gossip protocol could potentially tell the entire network of the status of the self-reported status that could potentially fuel a trustless structure to, um, you know, a trustless structure of annuities. And maybe, and here's the other thing, right? Maybe in Bitcoin, it's not individual. You don't look at your own individual mortality, but maybe 
there's an annuity in the, of the community. Maybe the family has just just enough trickling in that it doesn't worry about it. Does just doesn't worry about running out of their stack. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's on a total on a cohorted basis, which is really how an actuary thinks about mortality. They don't think about it. You know, it's like the old trope, like, oh, when am I going to die? Like, I don't fucking know, dude. But like a cohort of 100,000 people that have similar characteristics, I'm fucking pretty much, I can kind of nail, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, this might not require much, but it might be the little, like one of those little things. This may be one of the roads that need to be built, in my opinion. There's not a lot of money in it, right? I'm not going to get VC to build this thing, but it's a road that needs to be built, I th- uh, potentially for Bitcoin to fulfill its word, right? And when I say its word, I don't mean, I mean the word of the visionaries that tell us what the world's going to be like in 50 years. Yeah, and one one person's visionary is another person's fraud. It's like, who knows? All we can say, like, Bitcoin is going to, like, the only thing I can say with certainty is that in 100 years, Bitcoin's still going to be around. That seems one of the most likely outcomes. It's so funny you say that, too, because uh, I was watching with my wife the Tomer's documentary called Bitcoin is Generational Wealth, which is it's like a 15-minute little documentary. But essentially, in minute 10, he, you know, he, you know, he goes through, like, here, the year is 19. Oh, yeah, I've seen that video. Right? That's, seen that's that, a great right? video, yeah. And that, but So my point here is, like, in, like, I'm so moved by that vision. And my wife saw, when, when we got to that point where it's like, oh, the year is 2080 or whatever it was, and it's like, you know, people are... You know, it's like the Jetsons or whatever. You know, it's like it's this idealized form of the world that Bitcoiners view, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, "That sounds like horseshit." I'm like, "Yeah, that's exactly the same place that I've I've shown that video to people, and that's exactly where people start having. I don't know about that. Bitcoin's going to fix agriculture. I don't know about that. I'm very. I get very moved by that vision. Right? I, I was, you know, I was so moved by it. Right, I reached out. I reached out to Tomer. I'm like, what do you need? You know, do you need help with this? Like this, I want, I'm going to hold, okay, I want to actually want to hold you accountable for this. Like I want this vision. I want to. And so for me, I asked myself what I can do. And I think building this road of um, helping people grapple with their mortality and their longevity, which is something I'm trained to do is like where my mental resources are right now and also so I've been like in this super deep dive of the lightning network this is Apollo control at 102 hours into the flight of Apollo 11 it's grown quite quiet here in mission control a few moments ago flight director Gene Kranz requested that everyone sit down get prepared for events that are coming and he closed with the remark, good luck to all of you. Twelve minutes now until ignition for powered descent. Everything's still looking very good at this point. Okay, all flight controllers gonna go for powered descent. Retro, go. Fido, go. Guidance, go. Control. Go. Telcom. Go. Jinsei. Go. Ecom. Go. Surgeon. Go. Capcom or go for power decent.
we're off to a good start. Play it cool. I'm going around the horn. Okay, retro. Go. Fido. Go. Guide. Go. Control. Go. Falcom. Go. Jinsey. Go. Econ. Go. Surgeon. Go. Retro. Go. Fido. Go. Guide. Go. Control. Go. Falcom. Go. Jinsey. Go. Econ. Go. Surgeon. Go. Capcom, we're go for landing. Okay, everybody, let's hang tight and look for landing radar. 75 feet, down a half. 